Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 15 with Mari Smith of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Go, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high-quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan and I'm your host. Today we've got a really cool guest, Mari Smith. She's a social media superstar, massive, massive following. She's a Rated as a top 10 Forbes influencer in social media, and uh, she really, really knows her stuff. So today, we'll be talking with her around really evergreen kind of strategies to really use social media as a tool to grow your business, get more sales, get more leads, and build more relationships with your customers. And what do I mean by evergreen? I mean, stuff that doesn't get old, because... Social media is, it moves at such a fast pace. So I thought, well, if we're going to do this interview with Mari, I need to talk to her about the core fundamental basics of what it takes to build a thriving community over social media, connect with your audience, and yeah, really grow your business. And there's a lot of gold in this interview. I'm really excited to share it with you. So just a quick one from me, what's been happening in my world. Not sure if you're interested, but I just thought I'd share it with you because it makes things a little more interesting and it just shows you that I'm a human being, living the dream, having a good time, just like you, trying to get ahead. So the past week I've been in India, me and my girlfriend, we went to India to go to my graphic designer of the magazine's wedding. It was a really, really cool experience. I've never actually met him in person before except when we went to India so he's from India lives in Delhi 
and we went to a town called Chennai, which was a resort. And if you know nothing about Indian weddings, they're just absolutely crazy. And it was such an awesome experience to meet with somebody that you've worked with online for two years. He's a freelancer. Like Karan, my designer, he's just an absolute rock star, such a cool guy. And it was just, yeah, a really, really great feeling to just meet someone like a pen pal that you've known for so long and really get to know his family and, and celebrate his his wedding. So, yeah, that's what's been happening in my world. Um, preparing for 2015, got some big things planned for this podcast, the magazine, the founder brand. So if you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you leave us a review. It really, really helps. Tell your friends, spread the word. Check out the magazine. Get in contact with me if you need help with absolutely anything. I'm here to help. Nathan at foundermag.com. Now let's jump into today's show. Today I'm speaking with Murray Smith. Murray's a relationship marketing specialist and one of the world's foremost experts on using Facebook as a marketing channel. She is a Forbes top 10 social media influencer and travels the world to deliver keynote speeches and train businesses on how to use social media. So, Mari, I just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Truly my pleasure, Nathan. It's, it's a delight to be here. And we, we really do have a global uh, connection here because I'm in sunny San Diego, California, and you are in Melbourne, you said, right? Yeah, Melbourne, Australia. Australia. I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool how the internet allows these kinds of things to be possible. Indeed. I absolutely agree. Yeah, yeah. And social media in particular, you know, we're going to talk about that in a bit here, but social media has, has fundamentally changed how we communicate and, and ultimately do business around the world. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's amazing the world we live in today where technology is changing the game. Correct, it sure is. So I just want to know, how did you get your job? <laughs> I invented it. <laughs> I absolutely invented it. I love that question, Nathan. I love it. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I love talking about my story. It's just sometimes I literally have to pinch myself at times and go, my God, am I really, am I living the American dream here? How did I get here? How did I land where I am today? You know, I was born in Canada to Scottish parents. My parents are 100% Scottish. And when I was 12, my dad went back to Scotland with my sisters and I. And uh, I lived in Scotland for the next 20 years. And then I came to San Diego in 99, flat broke. And I knew one person here, which is one of those defining moments in life where I knew, I just absolutely knew in every cell of my body, I was supposed to come to San Diego, California and start a whole new life. And I had 50 British pounds in my pocket and I knew this one person, but I had sheer determination and I just knew, like I say, I was supposed to be here. Within a very, very short period of time, probably about six weeks, I'd, I'd found an immigration attorney and someone who sponsored me and a whole new network of people and from there just continued on to, to grow and become an entrepreneur over the years. The interesting thing is I look back throughout my career, the whole time I was in Scotland, I was an employee. I, I never ran my own business until I came to the United States in 99. But the th- common theme throughout the various jobs I've had in sales or marketing or public speaking, the common theme has been my love of people and my love of technology. So when social media landed in my lap in 2007, I got invited to be on a beta test team of a Facebook app 
And I just fell in love with Facebook. It was another defining moment in my life. And I thought, oh my gosh, this is a culmination. This is like a a fusion of my two passions, people and technology. And so I joke about being an overnight success 10 years in the making. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So you mentioned that you were a beta tester for, for Facebook. For an app, it's a third-party app company. It's an app called PodClass, uh, podclass.com. You can take and teach courses. And so this friend of mine asked me to test out the app. It was in 2007. Facebook had not long opened its API for developers to be able to have these apps that would sit on the Facebook platform. So this friend of mine, actually it was a friend of a friend, you know, I ended up getting uh, introduced to this person and tested out the PodClass and created a course actually teaching people how to use Facebook within a short, short period of time. I just had such a natural flair for for technology. You know, I used to build websites, used to do a little bit of programming and coding a long time ago. And then just my real love and understanding of people and just the psychology of what makes people tick. And Facebook was just this this perfect vehicle through which we could build these relationships and connect with people. But yeah, that's how it started was with this app, this Facebook app called PodClass. I was a bit of a holdout, I've got to be honest. I was like, oh man, not another online social network. You know, I'm on LinkedIn and Rise Academy, MySpace, forget it. My, my head would hurt every time I went to MySpace. So I was like, what is this Facebook thing? Okay, I'll check it out. I'll try it. You want me to test your app? All right, I'll test your app. But I I just knew I pulled up Facebook.com and I, I, you know, the angels were singing. I thought something magical is happening here. This is before they'd reached their first hundred million. I think they had something like, like seventy-five million uh, users at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, I think around two thousand and seven was when I started using Facebook. Uh-huh. So yeah, I think it started to actually come over here and people were stopping using MySpace and stuff like that. So I'm curious, what happened next after you found that love that, that, that you Yeah, well, I just was such an evangelist for it. And it kind of cast my mind back to the back in the day, probably was kind of the early to mid-90s when AOL, America Online, you, know, you used to get those CDs in the mail, you might not remember that but it was like you got internet and you got an AOL account and there was this little chime that would say you've got mail in fact I think there was a movie called that and this little chime would go you've got mail and people would get so excited well fast forward to 2007 what was happening is like it was very similar experience that the whole internet or the whole online world the early adopters were having this sensation of they get onto Facebook and they could friend people, they add people as friends. And it was like, I mean, there wasn't an audible chime or alert saying, you've got a friend, but it was like that. It was like you'd go to Facebook, oh my God, I've got another friend. <laughs> and what happened, what really fueled my excitement within a few short weeks is that I realized that I could reach out and befriend people who I had long admired, people whose books I read, whose seminars I attended, whose you know email newsletters I was on, people, leaders, uh, authors and leaders that I'd, I'd long wanted to connect with. And now all of a sudden, 
all of the middle people have been removed. There's no secretaries, administrators, you know, people, gatekeepers. It's like I'm instantly connecting with people directly. And I decided to interview them. I actually created a whole program with about 25 interviews of leaders and discussed with them how they were using Facebook. And I reached them all through Facebook and there were short interviews, like 15 minutes long. You know, one guy, I remember I'm a very, very successful internet marketer. He said to me point blank, it's like, you know, Mari, we would not be having this conversation if you had tried to reach me any other way. I have like three gatekeepers. And because you reached out to me through Facebook, you know, right now, back in the day, people were really excited and responding to their emails. You know, I responded because you, you contacted me through Facebook and I'm, I'm excited about it. So, you know, it just kept fueling my, my passion and excitement, which has not really waned over the last, uh, gosh, seven years. I'm, I'm still an evangelist for, for the site. Wow. So if we fast forward to now, you're a top, Forbes top 10 social media <laughs> power influencer. I'm curious, how did you get to that in seven years? Every single year, I choose a one word theme for my year. And in 2007, my theme was focus. And I like to use the word focus as an acronym, which is follow one course until successful. And I did not deviate from that path. I didn't put a hat on and say, oh, by the way, I do a little bit of this and I do a little bit of that. I became a specialist. I like to think of it as going a mile deep and an inch wide. What a lot of people try to do in business is they go too broad. They're more of a generalist than a specialist, and they'll go a mile wide and an inch deep. Well, here's the thing. If you specialize really deeply in a topic, in a subject matter, you're going to attract more attention, more business, more buzz. The second thing is consistency. You've just absolutely got to be consistent. And this has never wavered And since social media has become so prevalent. You can't really afford, quote unquote, to put up a post on Facebook or Twitter, any of the social networks, you know, every now and again when you feel like it. You've got to post every day and maybe take a day or two off here and there. Fortunately, you can use scheduling tools. We can talk about those in a moment. But that's really, I would say, Nathan, that's the two, the focus and consistency. I've never wavered in seven years. Fortunately, my passion hasn't wavered either. There's occasionally times when I'm like, God, this is hard work keeping up with it all, but I still love it. (laughs) Yeah, look, I can imagine, especially when it comes to do Facebook because it's always constantly changing mm-hmm. and things are always happening. Now, I'd like to, to delve into that a little bit later, but I'm curious. Let's switch gears and talk about relationship marketing. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? So I wrote a Facebook marketing, I co-authored a Facebook marketing an hour a day with Chris Treadaway and my publishers, Wiley. They had come to me back in um, 2009, 2010, 11. We did a version two in there. But for the longest time, I had a moniker where I would call myself, my tagline was relationship marketing specialist. Because to me, relationship marketing transcends the medium. It doesn't matter whether you're face-to-face or you're doing it through email, public speaking, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. To me, it's all relationships. People do business with people they know, like, and trust. We've known this for a long time. Where people talk about B2B, business-to-business, or B2C, business-to-consumer, I like to replace both those acronyms with P2P, as people-to-people. Even if you're B2B, you're not doing business with a logo or a corporate building or, you know, branding materials. You're doing business with people. And so I got an invitation back in, um, gosh, it was 2012, no, 2011, that Wiley, my same publishers, asked me to write 
basically the definitive book on relationship marketing because I'd been using that moniker for a while. Then I started to do some research. All right, obviously, I agreed. I wrote the book. came out in 2012. And as I was doing research for the book, I discovered that the term relationship marketing had been coined by a, a professor back in the 1980s. And whereas most sales and marketing is transactional focused, get the sale, close the deal, move on, relationship marketing is obviously relational focused. It's about the long-term value of a customer. And to me, that's really what social media is about. You keep adding value, you're engaging with your audience, you're adding, building community. Whether that person engaging with you in that moment is doing business with you, it has closed the deal, so to speak, or not. Maybe it might take them a year and then, then they become a paying client. But it's really the huge focus is on building relationships, which ultimately creates, we call it social equity. You build up lots of social equity. Eventually, that all translates into dollars in the bank. I see. So in essence, is it similar to content marketing? Well, content, okay, so there's two components, and this is great. This is a perfect time to share one of my favorite quotes of my own, (laughs) which is that content is king and engagement is queen, but she rules the house. So if a company is out there and all their, maybe they've got an amazing content marketing strategy, they've got their tweets are going out regular, their Facebook posts are going, they're blogging, but nobody's responding. Or maybe people are responding, but nobody's engaging back from the company. Then you're still kind of stuck in the old school way of marketing where it's kind of one way. You're push marketing. You're going, here's our content, have at it. Whereas with the engagement component, the relationship component is where you've got to first provide the content. You can't have content without engagement or vice versa. The content has to have a strategic purpose and then people engage around that content. You join in that conversation as a strategic marketer. The third component here is crucial, which is conversion. You've got to be willing to ask for the sale, put calls to action periodically, don't overdo it, don't be always asking for the sale, but certainly keep that in the forefront looking to see opportunities that you can migrate people onto your email list and invite them to do business with you. But at the same time, you have to be careful that you're not constantly pushing. The constantly pushing is one thing. You know, there's a massive cacophony out there. It's, it's, it really is a very, very noisy online world, and it keeps doubling and quadrupling. I mean, every time you turn around, there's more information coming at you like a fire hose. So you can actually make a real good name for yourself. And actually, this is, I know, one of my major factors to my own success and, and, and building quite a presence online is that I, I made a name for myself as being someone who... I'm very particular about the content that I share. Like on Twitter and on Facebook, I share a lot of what I call OPC, which is other people's content. I generate my own, but for the most part, I find it easy to curate, to to go out and find great quality, relevant content that I share on a daily basis. And my community have come to know if Mari's sharing it, it's got to be good. She's endorsed it, she's screened it, she's filtered it, she's vetted it, it's got to be good. And so, yeah, from that standpoint, that's not 
pushing at all. That's sharing. That's giving people some great content and having giving them reason to want to follow you and bookmark you and favorite your stuff. But the strategic part I'm talking about as a marketer and being able to convert is where maybe it's going to be roughly an 80-20 rule, maybe 90-10 even, where 80 to 90% of the time you are just sharing great content, a blend of your own and OPC, other people's content, and then in the 10 to 20% of time, you're interspersing that value-adding content with invitations to do business with you. Sign up for a free report or a free webinar or come to an event or check out our new latest widget or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. You talked about OPC. So you... Uh I'm curious, how much time do you spend reading and finding great content that you're, you know, recommending to people to read or, or giving, like, how long do you spend every day out of curiosity? Yeah. Well, fortunately, with many, many people I work with all over the world, clients and students in my courses, content curation is one of the first things I, I suggest and recommend to people that they delegate. It's actually one of the easiest things to delegate. First of all, there's many terrific tools, many great content curation tools. My favorite I use right now is Content Gems, contentgems.com, and then there's Sponge, which is S-P-U-N-D-G-E.com. There's many, many other ones out there that will help you. When you put in keywords and key phrases, it will trawl the internet and find related content, quality content. So I came up with a system a couple years ago that I could train someone else and hire someone to be on my team to find that content and schedule it into Hootsuite for me. And I got to tell you, Nathan, the exciting thing is I probably saved myself roughly two hours a day. I was spending, up until a couple years ago, I was spending up to two hours a day finding great content, crafting the tweets, scheduling it into Hootsuite, and then in addition, answering lots and lots of questions on my fan page. So that's another area that I have set up a system for delegating, is I have someone else on my Facebook page answering questions. And they answer it in an account called Team Mari. So nobody's ever speaking as if they're me. It's another really important point for me. I don't delegate my voice. You know, integrity is one of my core values. And so I, I always want people to know when they're talking to me, it's me. Otherwise, it's one of my team. Wow, that's really interesting. I, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear the kind of processes that someone like you that's a massive influence in this space has. So it's interesting for me. Can we talk about tools? What, what sort of tools? Like what, what are your top, I guess, three tools that you're using right now? Can we start with Facebook, then Twitter? And any other social media that you you believe is is a game changer? Well, I would say first and foremost is lists. I, I really, really enjoy the list feature on both Twitter and Facebook. I think they're probably a little bit more widely known on Twitter. Like people understand how to make a list, how to follow a list, how to find lists on Twitter and not simply where you can put, you know, people into certain categories and then you can just click that list and, and, and see all the tweets in one place. But on Facebook there's a similar feature and it's simply called interest lists. And I have one called Facebook Experts and Resources. It has a 122 sources in there which is a combination of both personal profiles of, you know, thought leaders and whatnot, as well as pages, Facebook pages. And that has, gosh, over 35,000 followers. 
And the really cool thing with an interest list is, you know, anybody can create one and you then you can put your own in there. So I have my own profile, my own fan page in this list with 35,000 subscribers or followers. I probably check that list maybe six times a day on desktop and or mobile. That's where I kind of keep my finger on the pulse of what's happening with Facebook. So list is one thing, and those are inherent you know, native tools to the to the platforms. But I do use Hootsuite. We mentioned that Hootsuite.com as my primary scheduler mm-hmm. for Twitter. On Facebook, I actually prefer Facebook's own scheduler. I, I rarely schedule through Hootsuite when posting to Facebook. I just prefer their own schedule, and it's really it really works well that way. Let's see. I like Social Bakers. I'll give them a shout out. Social Bakers, B-A-K-E-R-S. They're based out of uh, Prague in the the Czech Republic. And they are a social media analytics company. They provide all kinds of wonderful tools and analytics for Facebook, Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn, you name it. Then I mentioned my content curation tools, uh, Content Gems, Sponge. I also like Pocket. It used to be called Read Later. I think it's just getpocket.com, and they have a mobile app. And so with my Anna on my team, she's my online content manager. Mm-hmm. So I'll save things to Pocket that I come across, and then she can log into Pocket and see what I've bookmarked, and she'll load those up as tweets and put them into Hootsuite. Between that and her being trained on all the different keywords and all the parameters of you know the kinds of articles that I like to share versus the ones that I don't, then she chooses them for me. And then nothing ever goes out without me giving, giving it the final once over. You know, I, I'm always going to check off the last box and make sure that it's in keeping with my brand. Oh, wow. So every post that goes out, you still monitor. Mm-hmm. Wow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's my voice, especially, I mean, on, on Twitter, you know, not a lot of people would know that I've delegated the sourcing of my content, but I came up with a system, a really reliable system of, of, of how to do that. For example, you know, the first thing in the morning at 530 Pacific, it was 830 Eastern in the morning, I start the day with a motivational or inspirational quote. I started this maybe a couple of years ago. So that's something really easy to delegate. People could do that. Mm. easily enough right nobody you don't have to be the one finding the quotes and frequently that is my most retweeted tweet of the day is my morning quote Mm. and people just love it and it allows me to bring in some of my own values and spirituality and just my my love of leadership and whatnot and, and share that with folks Let's see if there's any other really cool tools. You know what I'm really talking about in a big way right now is uh, visual content. I'm actually rolling out with Anna and my team a whole strategy for visual content. And, you know, Instagram and Pinterest, both those sites, it's nothing but visual. It's visual and plus Instagram has a 15-second videos. And then really on Facebook and Twitter too, there's actually been some studies that show that tweets with an image get a higher retweet rate. So with visual content, especially when it's branded, you know, you put your own logo and maybe website on there, the two that really stand out, the two tools, one's called Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com, and then the other one is simply called PicMonkey, P-I-C monkey dot com. Mm. They are very, very easy to use tools that people can go in and create beautiful looking visual content and then share on uh, all over really Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Facebook, Google Plus. I haven't mentioned Google Plus a whole lot, but I will say that the number one reason to have a an active profile on Google Plus is that Google owns search. That's it. Bottom line, you know, is you want better SEO, get some content going on Google Plus. 
Interesting. I'm curious also, I noticed that a lot of people with the images, they find images and they brand them. Are you allowed to do that in regards to like people that own that photo? They have to be. This is, this is a big fat gray area. They have to be royalty free. Pretty much every image has some kind of a copyright or licensing. There's more and more you'll see springing up. There's directories and there's sites that uh, have you know lists of, of free images. In fact, I have one. I'm just sharing that in my newsletter recently. But let's just give you a few examples. One that I like is called PhotoPin. You can go to photopin.com and it allows you to search Flickr Creative Commons. So the Creative Commons is basically that, you know, anybody can use it with attribution. So you could take an image, add your own wording, and then, you know, when you post it or share it somewhere, you give credit to the original photographer or image creator. Let me just look on my mobile phone here. There was a brand new app someone just turned me on to. Oh, yes, mobile apps. I love these. Word Swag, W-O-R-D. S for Sam, W-A-G, Word Swag. Beautiful, simple-to-use app that will allow you to use their images or your own and then create gorgeous visual content, you know, with a nice font, just any kind of message that you want, inspirational or some kind of a tip. Wow, I'm loving loving these tips. (laughs) Let's let's talk about more about for people that want to grow, grow their social presence I'm interested in in some timeless strategies that you recommend because we're talking about kind of current stuff, but I'd like to talk about timeless stuff that you think will, will stand the test of time in social. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're talking about this one too, Nathan, because it totally ties into the whole relationship marketing concept. And when you're asking me that question, what immediately came to my mind was the word inclusivity. I mentioned earlier about how social media has created this fundamental paradigm shift throughout the entire world in how we communicate as human beings and ultimately that impacts how we do business. There is no going back. We will never return to a society that does one-way push marketing and that ignores the needs and wants and voice of the consumer. So when you have an approach, a mindset, an attitude of inclusivity, how can we involve and include our marketplace more, our audience, our current customers? How can we create like a think tank, a study group of our top clients and get them involved in how to uh, grow our business? I just think that that is timeless. Just timeless is valuing people. The more you value people, the more successful you'll be. Great examples of that are Richard Branson with the Virgin brand. I mean, his personality permeates everything he touches, every one of his hundreds of businesses. Another great example is Zappos. Uh, Zappos, the online shoe store, but they also do uh, apparel and all kinds of other stuff now. And Tony Shea, the CEO, has just done a beautiful job of instilling a powerful corporate culture that is absolutely focused on brilliant customer service. It's all about the customer. So, yeah, absolutely. That's timeless. You put the customer at the center, you can't go wrong for centuries. (laughs) Wow, that was awesome. What advice would you give to struggling entrepreneurs? And this is not from, I guess, a social media standpoint. Coming from somebody that has built their business from scratch and has become a major influencer and someone that's at the top of their field? Well, 
I think that the number one, well, I, I know that the number one challenge in social media, I surveyed my database not long ago. I have a pretty large database and we got 1,700 people responded. And the number one challenge by far was time. Everybody said time, time to keep up, time to implement, time to study the metrics and you know, time to know what to focus on, time to get education. Now, interestingly enough, that's not even a social media problem. That's an age-old problem that's you know, been around forever is how to prioritize, how to properly manage the time that you do have, how to delegate and build teams and work with systems. You can't do it all and you can't be everything to everyone. So the antidote, the solution for this challenge of, of time, not having enough time, not being able to keep up, feeling overwhelmed, you've absolutely got to just pick a couple of areas to focus on. Let's say, and much as I'm a Facebook evangelist, I will often say to people, start with Twitter. It's a little bit easier to get your head around. It's actually much easier to proactively grow a following because you can go, here's another tool for you that I use. I'm glad this just, I just reminded myself of this. Manage Flitter. Manage F for Frank L-I-T-T-E-R, manageflitter.com. People can go in there and put really specific keywords that would appear in the bio or maybe it's the, certain, it's the country, language, or keywords in the tweets of people that they want to have follow them. And then when you follow them, invariably, at least half the people will follow you back. So you can use Manage Flitter to really manage your following, grow your following, and proactively reach out to people. I would start there. I would start with Twitter. In fact, every single local business would do well to have an active Twitter presence, just for starters. Then add Facebook. Once you're happy with your Twitter activity, then add Facebook to it. And then maybe, you know, when you've got some systems, maybe you've got even the help of a social media assistant a couple hours a week, you can add on whatever else makes sense, Google+, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest. But don't try to do it all. It's just you'll, you'll end up going crazy. It's not possible. <laughs> Look, we have to work towards wrapping up. I, I'm loving these, this advice and picking mm-hmm. your brain, Murray. I'm curious what your thoughts are on Facebook now since, since the algorithm change where your reach is, is very, very – like it's nowhere near as what it used to be if you have a business page or a page – and they're essentially forcing you to pay for, for ads right? to find your spot in your potential customer or current follower mm-hmm. newsfeed. A lot of people are saying that you should give up on Facebook and start building your email list because at the end of the day, you have 100% control over that. Well, here, yeah, I'm glad you're asking me this. Number one thing to remember here is that Facebook is rented land. Okay, if people have built an amazing fan page with tons and tons of fans or likes as they call them mm. and they have not migrated them or collected leads through email, then you know, you basically built some kind of presence on rented land. So you're asking, you know, give up on Facebook and, and, and move to email. Well the thing is you want to do both. You want to keep an active presence on Facebook and build your email list. Earlier I mentioned about how important it is to be on Google Plus for the number one reason that Google owns search. Well, it's important to continue having an active presence on Facebook even if you're getting a measly 1% reach organically simply because two reasons. Number one is that Facebook's the number one social network, 1.2 billion active users, 75% of which access via their mobile devices. They're on there all day every day. Facebook's become an ingrained daily habit. 
You've got to have a presence. You've got to have a page on there. Number two reason is that Facebook has an Alexa ranking of two. It's the second most trafficked website next only to Google. And Facebook pages are fully indexed on Google. So if you have good content going into your Facebook page and you have a really well keyword-rich bio on your About section, your Facebook page could come up high in the search results, even if you've got very little engagement and not that many fans on your page. It doesn't matter. People are too focused on the likes and then we call it the PTAT, people talking about this number. Those are what we call vanity metrics. In fact, I say that PTAT doesn't pay the bills. You've got to absolutely be collecting leads, be promoting different offers and ways for people to do business with you off of Facebook. And yes, you can set aside a nominal budget and pay for some of your content to be promoted in the newsfeed. Wow, that's a great. There's so many more questions I want to ask you. I've got two more. And then the first one is, what is the quickest way, do you think, to grow your Facebook page in terms of likes? The quickest way, I mean, there really is no other way around it but to pay ads. The only other possibility is look to see where you have an existing decent-sized audience. So maybe you have a ton of people on LinkedIn or Twitter, Google+, wherever, or you have a decent-sized email list, or no matter what size the email list is. Look at all the places you currently have an audience and let everybody know about your Facebook page. That would be a way to do it organically. But you could do that and, and combine that with Facebook ads. But generally speaking, i got to be honest here. You guys don't want to pay for ads to get people to join your fan page. It's a little too kind of like, you know, what's in it for them. It's better to get a fan page and pay to promote the content, pay to get your content seen in the news feed versus saying, come and like my page, come and like my page. Does Mm. that make sense? Because it's just there's more in it for them. Mm, I see. And you talked about sharing you like to share other people's content but uh-huh. do you believe that you sh- definitely should have your own blog too to yeah. to share yeah. your own content too Ooh, absolutely yeah because yeah, then you own it you own it and you're driving people back from facebook and twitter and all these sites ultimately that's what if you think of a funnel all the social sites at the top are a means to draw traffic if you will or people leads worm leads into your funnel and onto your website and reading your blog, signing up for your blog, opting into your email newsletter, just different things like that, and ultimately becoming a paying customer. Mm. Yeah, And contests, you know, we didn't talk about contests much, but that's a great thing you can do. I wouldn't just put a Facebook page together and maybe have 50 fans and do a contest. You might wait to get something like 500 fans and then do a contest. Interesting. Well, look, it's been awesome speaking with you, Mari. And Thank you. We've got a lot of gold here. I just wanted to say, was there any final words that you'd like to finish off with? Yeah, I say like to all your readers, it's just really don't ever give up. You know, if you're passionate about your business and you add value and there's demand for it, then all of these things we've been talking about here today are a means to amplify. That's all social media does. It amplifies your message. So just keep on with the goal in mind and uh, don't get disillusioned by what Facebook's doing with the algorithms. Make the best of it. Make sure you're migrating people over to your systems and your email list. Awesome. Love it. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Murray. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed this interview. 
As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.